0: For over a decade, Four Wheel Online has been bringing the best truck accessories and truck parts to enhance the appearance and performance of all trucks and SUVs. They're dedicated to providing an extensive range of upgrades that will match any maker model on the road. Their truck products cover everything you need for a custom look and added functionality. I was talking about a wheel and tire package. Head over and use a configuration tool. They carry all the major brands of wheels and tires, so go get outfitted today. Visit them at Four Wheel Online. That's Four Wheel, singular, online. podcast other side of the wheel brought to you by right honda out of scottsdale arizona i'm your host jay finning nate robertson stopped by today he is in studio with me from seattle what's up guys just uh in town hanging out coming up on today's show just some quick car talk as you guys know this is a shorter episode this is your first time listening to the podcast thank you for checking us out if you're a returning listener thank you again i want to give an update on my infinity 2007 infinity so i took it to the dealership they had it for a couple weeks And it wasn't that it took a couple weeks from there to do anything. I just said, keep it because I picked my other one up before that, that I was in there for two weeks because the power steering pressure hose was discontinued by the manufacturer. And that's the one that blew on me when I brought the car back from
1: Kentucky. So is this like buying two Jaguars? You buy one to drive and then the other to drive all the other ones in the shop?
0: Yeah, it it certainly feels that way. My neighbors are probably trying to figure out what the hell's going on. I took this in and had them run the the, uh, parasitic draw test. So they got back to me and they said, hey, we ran the draw test and there's nothing wrong with your car. Go run it again. I'm paying $155 for the diagnostic. Run it again. The thing has died on me three times, two in the last eight days. There's a parasitic draw. Figure it out. So they get back to me and they tell me that they put their little meter up. They were finding that the draw was coming from the USB, like a USB power source. It's like, okay, well, I have your typical USB cigarette lighter thing plugged in. Is that always hot? I don't think it is always hot, so like, that's the thing. Like when
1: you turn the car off, right?
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I don't know if it's coming through. It could be coming through. I, I don't know. But then I have another unit, and I always call it the Grom. But actually, when I yanked it out, it's through Audiovox. So box could have been Grom years ago when I bought it. But i had it in there for nine years, as long as I've owned the vehicle, and never had a problem. So anyway, I pulled it out, getting the car ready to sell. So it'll be bittersweet.
1: Well, it it doesn't have car play. I mean, if you don't want it. Why would they?
0: Exactly. So earlier in the kitchen, we're we're having drinks like you had a, a moon juice which you loved gorgeous yeah wonderful which, beer which i can't drink cuz it fucks me up with my whole asian flush thing but we started talking about honda and acura and you hate the new civic
1: oh i don't i didn't say i hate the new civic you said it was the ugliest thing in the world uh, God. well i mean it's a pretty stark contrast right when you look at when you look at the the uh, the last civic type r and then you have this and i mean it's very jetta looking yeah, I didn't want to say that, but you, you really can't, you really can't unsee it. And, um, it really just, it feels like it's, uh, maybe under the skin. I think a lot of things have changed for the better for, for sure. But I don't know what's going on in the design department. Maybe, maybe the last design was way too polarizing, but this is just in an era where there's so much competition and you really need to stand out to create a standout product. This feels decidedly bland And this could not have been by accident. This was definitely, it feels like a uh, design by committee approach, which, you know, I don't know, it doesn't feel like this is once again, uh, like a 2001 and up disconnection of the, of the nineties Honda that we all knew and loved to now we have this bland, boring thing that they know will sell well and it will help their bottom line. Okay, great. I, I get it. I'm a business guy. I, okay, great. But I don't know. It's, it's not, it doesn't really, it's hard to get, it's hard to get excited and it's inspired about it. It's a Civic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. And, but.
0: Not, not, and not to, not to kick Civics down, but I mean, it's, it's not really, it's not like it's the new Audi A4 that right. just came out. But I think that the design, I, I don't have a problem with the design direction. I know a lot of people aren't loving it, but I, I don't think there's anything wrong with something looking like it might be a little more luxurious. Just because maybe they're just—I mean—the cars are getting bigger and bigger, and I don't. We'll see what the reviews say. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to go out and buy one. Right. I'm going to drive one. I'm going to do one for um, right Honda. It does have CarPlay. It does have CarPlay, so, car so, like so we're that. halfway there. <laughs> but yeah. I, I'm not—I don't know. We'll—we'll we'll see. You know, I don't—I don't hate it. I kind of welcome it, but I understand that a lot of people are like, "What the hell is that?"
1: And maybe in time it'll—it'll it'll, it'll grow. I mean, Honda—Honda Honda has been pretty ahead of the design game I remember when the EK Civic came out people hated hated it and now it's just it's it's loved and cherished and revered so I could be completely wrong and I'm totally willing to accept that but you're not wrong you have an opinion there's nothing wrong with that some people say I put the Nate in opinionated it's possible (laughs) that's funny I haven't I haven't driven one but I do notice that they're merging more and more with uh with the Accord so it's almost as if they're I don't know if they can reuse the Accord platform yet again for something else. I mean, they don't have a hatchback this year, and I don't think they have—they don't have a coupe this year. It's a—I think it's a sedan. Yeah, coops,
0: coops are gone. Yeah. It's
1: a sedan only, and the hatchback is coming. Uh, I—at least that's what, if—if—if if, um, if I am in the know, thanks to uh, Honda Pro Jason, then then that's probably correct.
0: Possible future guest.
1: Eh, maybe I can put in a good word. Do we need a Civic and an Accord though?
0: Now that the Civic is starting to look more like an adult, because the Accord is kind of like their adult.
1: I don't car. think so. I mean, you could have like an Accord DX, which is your Civic, and right. then you know ramp up from there. I mean, they're they're almost kind of almost the same car. Plus, with uh, with the GM GM Honda uh, platform sharing thing, I don't know. Things are going to get a little bit interesting. I mean, we might be getting we might be seeing uh, market prepping going on right now to do away with one of these platforms altogether because, I don't know. I mean, we'll see We'll see what the Honda GM partnership uh, fruit produces, but I don't know.
0: There's so much competition with cars these days. In the 1980s, there's like four cool cars and a bunch of shit cars. And either you couldn't <laughs> afford, you know, so you just, and in the 90s, everything was kind of cool, but not yeah. great. Not to say everything is great now but you can go into almost any dealership and get a pretty good car it just does you just don't know if it's going to last three five or six years yeah so the competition is just so stiff you almost have to partner up with other companies and oh, start exchanging man. parts the con- for survival oh,
1: dude the consolidation uh right now i mean we are seeing an absolute implosion for car manufacturers what i see coming down the pipe jay is is something um we're not going to see a lot of car manufacturers last. What's going to happen is they're not going to go away per se. They're just going to be assembled as a mark on another auto manufacturer's lineup, right? So you'll have something that's, you know, like, a, let's say a Honda-inspired thing that's created on a GM assembly line, and maybe not that exactly. I think that's—I don't want to put any words in anyone's mouth because I, I don't really see that happening, but I think um, Mitsubishi, Renault, and Nissan is a pretty good example of that, Right. Uh, we're going to see that consolidation happen uh, a lot more. But even stateside, everybody's everybody's partnering up, especially for for the EV stuff. I have a, a sneaking suspicion, and I'm I'm sure a lot of the listeners are really going to disagree with what I'm about to say, but I have a sneaking suspicion that the c 8s going to get electrified. And with the GM Honda partnership, um, these deals don't happen overnight; they are years in the making. My guess is that the uh, the the new the NC1 NSX was really for for securing patents that. Now that they're platform sharing, my guess is that we're going to see NSX electrification tech, uh, technology trickle into the C8 uh, eventually, whether that's through through uh, through patent IP sharing. But Honda wants the Ultium battery technology. They're going to have to give up something good for that. So I don't know.
0: Just a hunch. You know, you mentioned something earlier about maybe no one going away. But as I sit back here and think about it, someone could go to the way of the Daewoo where it's just gone. Like, who could be on the top of that list? Because Pontiac is gone. Maybe Mitsubishi? Because everybody else, right? There's there's Nissan's, GM's not going anywhere. There's Fords there's Chevys. There's Honda. Honda's not going anywhere in right. itself, you know. And Infiniti's there because Nissan's there. I wonder who else could just kind of fall by the wayside eventually. Hoof
1: vanish. Um, it could happen. You know, Buick? It,
0: <laughs> What's Buick doing? Because <laughs> even, <'cause> even Hyundai <laughs> is doing stuff, right? Yeah. They, their whole Genesis brand that they've kind of branched off with. I mean, that those Genesis are kind of nice.
1: It's it's insane. Um. It's insane what they're able to come up with. Now, Kia and Hyundai do have some very serious problems on their hands. There have been some pretty crazy recalls lately. Well, I with guess fires. Kia. Yeah. Well, Kia and Hyundai are pretty much the same, yeah. same company, right? I mean, Hyundai, I think owns like sixty or seventy percent or something like that. And I, I know I'm going to get corrected in the comments on that one. You know, I mean, you look at the, the you look at the Kia Stinger, right? I mean, uh, not only does Kia have they have Donker Walk doing all of the uh, all of the designs. And they've got, uh, the, the old, Stinger's uh, pretty nice. Huh?
0: Stinger's pretty nice. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. And they've got, uh, the that old, K5 uh, M- M- uh BMW M, uh, M division yeah. chief. Right. So mm-hmm. they've got, uh, uh, some pretty high profile people that are playing with their parts bin. I mean, twin turbo, all wheel drive. I mean, what we are seeing is the scraping the bottom of the barrel, the final entrant to the forced induction, to the the performance automobile internal combustion game, and that is Kia, right? And even still, they're they're making they're making a product that, you know, has a has a pretty good warranty, and um, they're selling like hotcakes. They're making yeah,
0: yeah, especially that SUV they have. Yeah.
1: You know, so then I so then I, I contrast and I look back at this Civic. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? What is going on here? Now, granted, they're still making a, a, a six-speed manual transmission in all these cars, which is great. But I don't know. I, I can't help but see some missed opportunities or, you know, half measures being poured here. And it's really, it's really just not the time for that. The design language just changed so rapidly from the last generation of Civic, which was doing really well. It was really resonating with a lot of younger buyers. What
2: happened?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that it's almost they're almost bulletproof. The Civic and the Accord are as bulletproof as the Altima and the Camry, the Camrys and the Maximas and all that kind of shit. Like they're yeah. just, they sell so many of them. And if it doesn't work, they'll change it again in three years.
1: Heavy is good. If it does not work, <laughs> you can, you can always buy another the- one. <laughs> yeah. a good snatch reference. It's always good when someone picks up on the snatch
0: references. I knew I liked you for a reason. I'm <laughs> a terrible person. Let's, get, uh, let's do some car news. Yeah. <laughs> The Ford Lightning is announced and people are pretty excited about that as their F-150. Uh, I'm not quite sure what people expected. I don't know if you have thoughts on that. It's
1: that new electric but, thing, right?
0: Yeah. That's the, the new electric thing. It's the, it's the it's the new electric buzz of the month because every month it seems to be some sort of electric and EV buzz, but people are pretty excited about the frunk. So should we be excited of, of a vehicle? Cause it has a, a large frunk. It's a cool frunk.
1: I think the way that they executed the frunk, like, a trunk, I thought it was great. I I it's the the accessibility is fantastic. I didn't really imagine seeing something like this, but it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I I can get on board with the uh, with with the frunk.
0: Between that and the fucking the generators, you know, in the back of the Ford F-150s and on certain models, I think being electric isn't it's weird because the people receive it so well, and it's almost the same group of people that crap on EVs. But now that it serves them, it's like, oh, shit. And I wonder what it's going to do for fleet. Because, right, every year, the Ford F-150s and, like, I think the Dodge Ram, I think the GMC, whatever, they're always the top three or four vehicles sold. And I always wonder how many of those, like, can you really count fleet sales as consumer sales? They have to count them. EV, limited range? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm for it I think it's kind of cool. I don't know.
1: I, I think I think the jury's still out on that one. But... I, I mean, if you look at the, at the response to the, uh, 20, which is, I want to say the 20, starting 2017 or 20 as a 2018 model, uh, GM started selling, I think the, the Denali and the, uh, oh shit, I forget which, uh, which truck it is with a four cylinder. They, they build it as a four, as a full size truck with a four cylinder turbo engine trick there being, uh, being a very, very fancy dual volute turbo produced by Borg Warner. Pretty sure that GM's got the got the uh, the exclusive lock on that one, but that allowed him to hit full boost at you know 1,200 RPM, which right. is fanta- <laughs> fantastic, fantastic, yeah, yeah. right? Uh, but but the thing is, is the vitriolic response that we thought that everyone was going to have with it's it's not a truck, it's not a full size truck, it doesn't have all the cylinders. Doesn't happen. It, it, it hasn't happened and it won't because it does the same shit. It does this. It does what it needs to. So I think with regards to the range on the, on the EV, I, it, you know, it's, it, it's hard to say the charging network is going to get better, like rapidly. I think we're going to see maybe something on the, on the, along the lines of a Moore's law effect, go, go into, uh, go into full effect here. I hope, um, but it's just a mad scramble for everyone to get anything. That's EV.
0: You know, in 2019, I want to say it's 2019 on this podcast. I I remember I had mentioned that Ford, they bought like, I forgot how many billions of dollars worth of like highway to install electrical charging stations. And at the time they had yet to announce an EV vehicle. And here we are two years later, where are they? They're all being announced, you know, whether it's the Mustang Mach, you know, the Mach E or whatever. And, uh, I'm pretty excited about it, I think. And, and as long as it does what people want them to do, then the world would be a better place. Microchips. Shortage of microchips. So West Tangersley, friend of the show, was saying that the Ford dealership in, in Idaho, they had three new cars on their lots. So I started digging into it, and this is like a big deal, this whole microchip shortage. And it's affecting even all these shortages. They even have a shortage on the seat cushions. So not, like hundreds of thousands of vehicles can't be made right now because of the, seat cushions and the shortness of microchips.
1: Is this because of COVID?
0: It is because of COVID in a sense, because according to this Car and Driver article, the pandemic last spring, it says many car makers made what has turned out to be a critical error that canceled orders for microchips that have become essential in the manufacture and operation of new cars. And apparently everybody did this. Car makers have struggled to source the chips they need to complete their cars, which also makes sense because this is also affecting rental cars.
2: Because
0: <laughs> uh-huh. when I had yeah. bought, I had, cause you know, budget did their whole restructuring last year and it was like, oh, budget's done. It's like, no, everybody files for bankruptcy when they have to restructure. But when I had a rental vehicle last month in Florida, and this is budget, this isn't dollar rental car and, and no shade to, you, to people out there who go to dollar Rent a car or I said budget, I'm Hertz. So if you go to budget, you go to Hertz, no shade, but I went to Hertz. So Hertz is kind of, you know, they're, they're top tier and I got into my Chrysler Pacifica and it had 53,000 miles on it.
1: That's really high. That's very high. Where are they getting
0: these cars? They're, I guess they're buying them from from auctions and wherever else because they can't get the
1: that, the new cars that they buy every year. So they're buying other people's sloppy seconds to rent sloppy out. Sloppy fifths. Oh, God.
0: Yeah. And I mean, if the car was fine. But, you know, you just when you look at it's like 50-something thousand miles. I mean, that's like 400,000 miles on a normal car.
1: Yeah, From I mean, Hertz. how many miles are usually on uh, on on like U-Haul trucks?
0: Oof, I don't know. I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, if, yeah. you th- if you think about it that way, um they don't have any problem really renting them out. They as long as as long as they've got the extra warranty coverage for like if they break down on the road, then it's probably fine, but even still for for fleet use, generally don't put them out in the field that long. It just it, it costs them too much to maintain. So,
0: yeah. This article was posted May 25th. And as of this article, it says, Auto Forecast estimates Ford has taken 324,616 vehicles out of production as a result of the shortage, while GM has removed 277,000 from its production plans. A lot of the other manufacturers in here are listed as well. And it's just, it's crazy. That's fantastic.
1: I mean, honestly, I don't see a problem with this. Like, like I really don't. Um, well, when you're producing
0: 750,000 vehicles a year and they're just sitting on lots.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're just they're just sitting around anyway. I mean granted, people will probably be buying them, but if you look at all of the new auto manufacturers that are getting ramped up, it seems to me that there's always a glut of new cars that are just sitting around not being sold. So, I think more supply is not really the is not really needed. And it, and that I I say that, I know that's probably an unpopular Dude, opinion. I don't
0: know, man. There's 56,929 Chevy Malibus. Oh that, no. That we're we're going to be missing.
1: Oh no. Let's let's can we shed a tear for them?
0: I'm shedding a tear. I wish I had something to, to pour here, some liquor.
1: Pour one out for them. That's that's a model that could go away that nobody would care about.
0: Facts. In fact, let's go through this list. Let's see. We have the Cherokee, okay, it's good. Chevy Equinox and eh, Malibu can go. Explorer is going to stay. Jeep Compass can go. Ford Edge. And yeah. between the Ford Edge and the Ford Escape, I don't think we need both.
1: They still make the Edge? They do. Really? That's that's the that's the four piece toaster, right? That's the four piece, yes. Yeah. And the transit—that's a van, right? That is a van. Yeah, that's actually a, pr- a pretty popular little. Uh, is little, that the little, Amazon little, little shuttle?
0: The Amazon shuttle that pulls up. Are those uh, four
1: transits? Um, sometimes it depends. I mean, well, actually, they, they they contract most of their most of their vans out.
0: Those, I've seen yeah. those budget trucks pull up and deliver.
1: Yeah, I mean they're uh, they're basically taking you know anybody mm-hmm. off the street that has a driver's license to to go deliver stuff. It's been uh, very interesting. They do that to augment their own delivery fleets for, for now until until Prime Air gets off the ground. That's going to be very interesting.
0: Is that the the delivery drones?
1: Yeah, FAA won't greenlight them to fly over freeways for long distances and stuff. But you know you, we have we have automated cars already, so it's right. not hard to imagine an automated delivery van, they get loaded up at the warehouse, vans drive out to your neighborhood, and you have little drones that fly out from the van dropping packages in your neighborhood. You know, not too hard to to see that happening. But I've got a friend that's uh, that's working on that actually. I saw we have
0: these, oh I forgot the name of them, but we actually have these delivery robots here in, at ASU. So when you drive down university and you see like this thing looks like a big it almost looks like a an in pool vacuum. And it's got a little light on it. And that's what it is. It's a delivery robot. So people order their food, like the Uber Eats or something, and they track it just like you do those little bird rental scooters. Mm-hmm. And you meet your delivery robot. You put in your code, it opens up, you get your food, and it leaves.
2: Get out of
1: town. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. Cool. All right.
0: In fact, I'm going to look it up real quick. Interesting. Starship Technologies, contactless food delivery robots. Yeah. Robots take over delivery services for some Tempe ro- restaurants. They took our gerbs. But it's the it's the craziest thing though. You're driving, you're like, what the hell is that? Like my wife didn't notice, but I noticed stupid shit like that. And I'm fascinated by it. And for some reason, I want one. Yeah, I mean, if it constantly brings you food, bring me beer. Yeah, uh, a lot of us could get replaced. You know what? Yeah, and then no, that's true. That's the other. That's the other half of it. But can you imagine just being on vacation and you just you want to order a drink from the bar and it just pulls up and you put a little code and unlock it. You right. don't have to get up. It just drives on the beach like a little dune buggy and delivers your your drink.
1: I'll, I'll be over here sitting in the booth like, Garson, Coffee! Gosson. <laughs> coffee. Garcon means
0: boy, Isn't that what she said in there? Garson means boy.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, very very good. Glad you got that.
0: Alright, let's do uh, Random Thought of the Week. You know, I don't even have any fancy music made up for Random Thought of the Week. I think I'm going to figure something out. But my random thought is, there's a lot of white and silver vehicles out there. And so I did some research. So I actually, when I go out and take my dog to get the mail, in front of our house right now, I have a white Infinity, a silver Infinity. We have a white Audi. My daughter drives a silver Mitsubishi. Our next door neighbor has a white minivan, a white Infinity, like a green truck. The people who live right across the street have a silver Forerunner. They have a white Mustang in the garage. Next door neighbor has a white vehicle, a black vehicle. So when I walked to the mailbox, I counted like 18 out of the first 22 cars around me are either white or silver. That's crazy.
1: Uh, again, designed by committee, right? These are statistically speaking, these are the cars that sell the most and they're the most. Or blend knocking. in. Yeah, they, they blend in and they're non-polarizing. Mm-hmm. It's something that anybody could get in and generally enjoy and not hate your extreme like or extreme dislike you're right there right in the middle where eh, it'll do yeah and i i,
0: I looked up some numbers in the top three vehicle colors depending on what source there's gonna be black which i don't really see as many black cars silver white and like gray but i kind of wrap silver and gray in the same category unless yeah. unless we're talking slate
1: yeah like, a, like an Audi slate, greenish slate gray right. kind of deal. But, you mean, dolphin gray, German silver,
0: whatever else fancy name. Because all the white, and not everybody has the same white, but all the whites are whites. And then if you add all the silvers together, I bet you silver and white are number one, too, and then black is number three. You
1: know, one of the things I really like about, about white paint is that um, it has a blinding effect. It hides door dings and damage really, really well. I mean, black? Eh, not so much. Gray, not so much. I mean, you have a little bit of contrast, but when you get just a full white side panel of a, of a car, you're not noticing anything. Because your eyes are just, it's a snow blind effect.
0: Yeah, if you have a white car, really, unless things are real dirty, just wash your windows and no one would know. All right. so the gray infinity I have, when that thing is dirty, I hate it. When I give it a wash,
1: I love it. That's why I keep my car primered can't have nice things
0: is your car still primed?
1: yeah after all these years Primed black now but yeah oh. well that's
0: my random thought of the week nate thanks for coming in the studio thanks for having me We're gonna go ahead and get brian on the phone here and do his uh his car of the week as long as that's car play Time for the Arizona Ride of the Week, sponsored by High Quality Detail out of Tempe, Arizona. They specialize in premium vehicle protection solutions and cosmetic customizations as your one-stop shop, ranging from basic detail and options through ceramic coating, paint correction, protection films, and more. Visit Ceramic Pro Arizona, one word, or on Instagram, or Higher Quality Detail, also one word, it's HYER, and get started looking your best today. Today's highlight is friend of the show, Brian Kalma, who just bought a brand new Maybe It's brand new, I don't know. We'll find out. Toyota Tundra Brian, welcome back to the show.
2: Thanks for having me back, man. Always a pleasure to be back here with you.
0: Of course, when I see friends, family, or just honestly, rando people out there who pick up new vehicles, I said, Hey, come on the show and tell us why. Because a lot of the people who listen to this show, they're not diehard car people, they're just people who like cars. Like, they're not like they don't go to the dealership and say, Okay, well, I'll take anything, they know kind of what they like and right. you're kind of the same person. So tell us about your Tundra and why you decided to pick it up after your your uh, Tacoma, right? You had a Tacoma.
2: I did. Yeah. So I actually had a uh, 2015 Tacoma and bought it in uh, November 2014 when they had just come out with the 2015s. I mean, all through the years, I mean, I use that for anything and everything that you would use a pickup for, you know, I mean, hauling things all around, buying new furniture needing you know, to picking up stuff at Home Depot, you know, you name it, I did it. And then, about 3 years ago my wife and I decided well why don't we look for like a camping travel trailer because we had always been like campers and for years we had just gone tent camping but once we had our first son we were like well tent camping is going to be a little hard to do with you know little kids so you know, why not look into buying a travel trailer? So in 2018, we did. So we bought a 19-foot travel trailer, uh, you know, a super light one that's about 3,000 pounds dry. But with gear and, you know, like the water tanks all filled up, if we were to go up and do what they call boondocking, then we're probably adding a good 1,000 to 1,500 pounds with with all that stuff. So And then you start um, pushing the towing capacity a little bit. Exactly. Yeah. And so that was basically one of the major reasons why is because, you know, just knowing through the last three years of, showing that trailer um, and, you know, knowing that we need a little bit more power, that was definitely one of the, um, one of the deciding factors. And really the other one was, is that, um, you know, and as you know, as being a, a business traveler, um, you don't drive around as much and, and plus working from home, right? <laughs> like, so, I mean, I've been Great. working from home for two years now. So even before the pandemic started, so I was barely putting any miles on that truck anyway. And so I had 46,000 miles on that truck um, when I, you know, had just started mess. Yeah, not too bad, right. For a seven-year-old vehicle. So basically I just talked it over with the wife and, you know, just said, Hey, what do you think about maybe going up a size and, you know, the trucks? And, um, yeah, I thought about it for a few weeks and then, you know, just finally just started looking at some of the tundras that they had around the Valley and ultimately decided to pull the trigger, you know, especially because of the low amount of miles that I had on my truck. So if there was any time to, To pull the trigger, probably would have been now, and you know, also knowing that a lot of dealerships have a need for used vehicles, that also played into the decision.
0: You know, you probably could have private sold it for even more money because the way you take care of stuff and those those tacos, those those tundras, those forerunners, like those, they retain value like nobody else. But either way, traded it in, and they were loving it. They probably got you probably got more for it than you would have on any other
2: year. Yeah, and I think so. And I, I did think about that too, of selling it privately um, to try to, you know, see if I could get a little bit more out of it. Um, I mean, and call it an impulse also, because you know, when I went over to the dealership, um, you know, to do the test drive, of course, loved the truck, and actually took, you know, one day to think about it and sleep on it or what have you. And I, part of the decision also was the um, the low inventory of of Tundras that they had as well. Uh, I went to a couple different dealerships and really like. There were only like maybe a couple or three at the most that I had seen in the dealership at one time. And they were taking, I guess they were taking shipments from California that were taking like 30 days to arrive at the dealerships or what have you.
0: What dealership did you buy from? And yeah, like nobody has inventory because of the microchip mm-hmm.
2: shortage. Right. So the dealership that I went to was Larry H. Miller and Toyota over here on <laughs> Bell Road. Uh, okay. in the 101. And so they actually had two Toyota Tundras that were brand new on the lot. And only one of them had the uh, CrewMax cabs, So, and that was the one I was really eyeing because one of the other things that uh, my wife and I knew that we needed was we needed more room in the back for both of our boys. You know, we just went from there after taking it again, taking a day to think about it. And so, and of course, it also depended on the uh, trade-in value of what my Tacoma was going to be.
0: What do you, so what do you like about the truck? Besides all the capabilities, like how are the creature comforts? You know, does it come with CarPlay at least? Or, you know, what trim? Tell
2: me all about the goodies. So first of all, the room on the inside of the the cab is phenomenal. And so the other thing that I uh, liked about it too was, and you said it, it it was Apple CarPlay. And, you know, when I was still traveling for work and started renting vehicles that that had Apple CarPlay, you know, it it was a must for me. And so it it came stock with the vehicle, and and I'm sure it comes stock with most vehicles now. But yeah, I mean, it's such a convenience to just, you know, plug your phone in because I have the plug in version. I don't have the wireless version, but, you know, just plug your phone in and basically have all your apps, all your contacts and, you know, your music and everything all ready to go just by plugging in your, you know, your device. The other big thing that I love about it, too, is, you know, the handling of it, even though it is a full size truck. And this might be because I've had seven years of practice with driving the Tacoma. It really didn't feel like I was making that big of a jump at all, you know, when it came to adjusting to handling the, uh, the, the Tundra. Um, you know, super easy, to, super easy to drive. Turning radius is awesome. Super easy to park. So, I mean, those are like the biggest things that I love, you know, about the Tundra. And this might sound really stupid, but one of the things that I always knew about Tundras was that they had uh, the capability of rolling down the back windshield. And, oh, yeah, so, and nice. yeah, it's awesome because like, you know, in the mornings here, it's still pretty cool. So if I wake up like on the weekends and I have like an early errand that I got to run, usually what I'll do is I'll like roll down all my windows, including the back windshield, you know, and just roll around in the nice cool weather. And um, yeah, man, I, I just love it, man. It's, it's a super comfortable ride.
0: Now, you know, I probably could have got you some sort of a really good, and I'm sure you got a good deal because I know you. Uh-huh. And you're gonna get the best deal possible, but I may have been able to get you a better deal through Right, Right Toyota, oh, which yeah? because Right Honda is a sponsor of the show, and Right Honda and Right Toyota are the same oh. umbrella. So if you ever need another Toyota, you better <laughs> <laughs> fucking let me know because I, I, I know I, some I, people.
2: and 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 if you're you know if you're still sponsored when when easton turns 16 you know (laughs) i might hand off the tundra over to him and go and buy myself something else you know what i mean so i might need a little bit of of your connects to try to get another good deal somewhere so
0: if i'm still sponsored by the time he turns 16 that means i made i did some shit right
2: (laughs) right and you how old is
0: easton now four he is
2: four he's gonna be five so we got 11 years
0: yeah all right thanks brian
2: all right thank you
0: I want to thank Brian Comer for telling us about his new Toyota Tundra purchase coming from his Toyota Tacoma. Here's the thing. So Brian, I wouldn't consider Brian a car guy at all, although he's been on the show at least half a dozen times, actually more. I think this makes seven or eight. But the show isn't just about car people. It's about people that drive cars. So if I were to ask Brian, what's the difference between a Camaro and a Mustang? He would say, besides the name, I'm not quite sure. Now, he may be able to point one out and say, well, that's a Camaro and that's a Mustang, but that's about it. And that's okay. That's why I'm here. That's why you guys are here. I also want to thank Nate for stopping by. Again, like I say, man, when you guys are in town, if you're a friend of the show, hit me up. I'll bring you in. I'll feed you if you're hungry. Give you booze if you're thirsty. And you're going to sit here and you're going to rap with me. Coming up on the next episode, Tim McRae of the M1 Concourse. He's the CEO at the M1 Concourse in Pontiac, Michigan. It's, it's a private storage place for cars. Usually people who have a lot of money. They have restoration shops, restaurants, and even a performance track. And this guy has done everything from the Concours d'Elegance in your favorite big city to Pebble Beach, Monterey Car Week. I mean, he's been involved in a lot of things. So that's a really, really exciting interview. And it's kind of next level for this show. It's not typically, he's not typically the, the guest that we would have, but he's absolutely a guest that I would welcome over and over and over again. I Want to think Ray Honda? out of Scottsdale, Arizona, higher quality detail out of Tempe, Arizona, BoosterBath.com, 4WheelOnline.com, Treats, sell shop wireless services, and the credit mix, Patreon business supporter of Automotive out of Winter Garden, Florida. Speaking of Patreon, if you're in a position to help the podcast grow, join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month and get access to bonus audio as well as show swag. It's kinda cool, cause I notice when I upload bonus audio to Patreon, it just shows up in my iTunes. Now I know Apple has this new subscription thing and it's kind of, in my opinion, kind of taken over what Patreon is. But for now, I'm still with Patreon. So you can join and get bonus content. That's interviews, that's pre-interviews, that's, cut, that's screw-ups for anything from Cody Walker to you know anybody that I've ever had on. We have some bonus content. You can also support the show through anchor.fm link in the description for as little as 99 cents a month. You can pick up some swag at the Teespring store. The link is in the show description. Send me an email, hardparkingpodcast at gmail.com, Instagram, na2nsx, or jtravels, that's jhe underscore travels, and join the Facebook group, Hard Parking Violations. The show can't grow without you telling people how good the show is. Leave a review. I keep telling you guys, please leave a review. If you're listening on iTunes, leave a review. Wherever you're listening to, leave a review, a positive review, by the way anything you can that helps the show grow. It helps it through the algorithms and it helps separate me from the 500,000 other shows to talk about cars. There's over 2 million active podcasts right now. I don't know if they're active, but there's over 2 million registered podcasts in the world. Once again, I can't grow without you telling the world how good this is. Let's do this. Let's grow this thing together. Talk to you all next week.
2: Now it's stripping time.
0: Are you tired of blowing out your back at the bathtub while washing your dog or subjecting your canine to a water torture bath while leashed up to a post outside? Now there's a far more effective way to wash your pet while saving your back and keeping your dog happy. It's called Booster Bath, a portable bathtub on legs. Head over to boosterbath.com, one word, and pick one up. Available in three sizes, this tub system features a drain, a soap cubby, and water controlling wand. This tub conveniently breaks down to be stored when not in use. Want to save 10% on your first time purchase? Head over and sign up today to make that happen. Boosterbath.com. Are you tired of your dog losing its cool in a thunderstorm or fireworks? You might want to look at Tongue Treats. TongueTreats.com, high anxiety relief, pain relief, inflammation relief. It's a direct connection between the tongue and the brain, doesn't waste time going down to the stomach where it gets broken down, enters the bloodstream, then to the brain eventually. By then, little Izzy, my dog, has been hiding under the house for like 20 minutes. The Tongue treat CBD strips provide rapid results for your pet with the right amount of CBD, which is not psychoactive. It's important to test and verify your pet is getting the proper dosage. A single strip should be enough. Have doubts? There's certified analysis from a lab available on the website. Think about it. Efficacy and economy.
2: Tongue Treats. Shut up!